Anyone who uses social media might admit it can be hard to tear yourself away. The rewards of social media activate the dopamine reward systems of the brain. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble. In other words, it's highly, highly addictive. There's this war going on to get as much attention as possible. You're being subtly manipulated by algorithms that are watching everything you do constantly. You know, they make more money the more time people spend. It literally changes your relationship with society, with each other. We're good at showing people that life is amazing even though I'm depressed. So you have an entire generation growing up with lower self-esteem than previous generations. Many more people would be much better off if they didn't use this technology. In this generation, we're seeing an increase in accidental deaths due to drug overdoses. We're seeing more and more kids drop out of school or take leaves of absence due to depression. Unheard of. The more you use social media, the more likely you are to feel lonely or isolated. Society has been gradually darkened by this scheme. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media has been on my mind a lot lately. And when something's on my mind, I make a radio episode about it. Hello, this is Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back to my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden, and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden! (laughs) Welcome to part one of my social media series. In this episode, I'll be talking about a survey I sent out about social media use. I'll also be discussing with my friend Kate Frankie, just generally about our thoughts on social media. And stay tuned for the end of this episode, where I'll be introducing what will be on next week. I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to start this episode by unpacking a Google form I sent out on Instagram and Snapchat about social media use. I got a total of 67 responses. And I'm just going to go through the form and what people said. It ended up being, I think, very interesting. First, I asked about age and gender. The majority answered that they were 17 years old. And I'm 17, so that's not that much of a surprise. The other common ages were 16 and 18. I had a few 15 and 19-year-olds, but really not many. About 70% of the people who answered were female, and about 30% were male. Now on to kind of, I think, the more interesting questions. I asked verbatim, Most of our parents grew up in the 80s without a cell phone or social media. What are some words that come to mind when you think about this time? I think I decided to ask this question because it was a little bit more abstract than some of the other questions I bounced around. I wanted something that could be interpreted in a lot of different ways. So some people, I mean, people had varying responses, which I kind of expected. Some wrote words that were just associated with the 80s rather than the social media technology aspect of the question, like rock, retro, hairspray, the breakfast club, and arcades. A very unique response said when they think about the 80s, they think about homophobia, sexism, cold war, ignorance, and self-reliance. But most people spoke about it using words like authentic, happier, simple, better, lively, free, and peaceful. On the other hand, I have to mention that 
some people, only a few, I think like two or three, described it as close-minded, disconnected, and out of touch. My personal favorite response was free, less drama, no memes though. The next question asked if they had to choose whether they would eliminate social media for everyone or keep social media for everyone. And 69% said that they would eliminate it and 31% said they would keep it. I was actually surprised by this because I thought it would be more 50-50. I thought more people answering would sway on the side of being in support of social media, which turned out to not be the case. And the next question I asked about screen time average, and this aligned pretty well with the national average, which is about seven hours a day, and that's what most people said. So I guess we can just move on to the next one. This is the last question I asked, and it definitely surprised me the most, and I also found it the most interesting. I asked just simply any other thoughts regarding social media. It can be anything. And I don't, like, usually on a survey, I feel like when there's uh, any other questions slash comments slash concerns, no one really answers. But 40 out of 67 people who took the survey wrote something else in that section, which I was super excited about, but didn't really see coming. I'm probably just going to read through most of these, take a little pause in between, and then go on to the next one, unless I have something specific to say about it. It can be used in such good ways and such bad ways because of how fast it is at spreading information. It keeps us connected but also makes us feel further apart. It's probably not good for us mentally, but I feel like we can't go back now. I chose to keep social media up above, referring to the last question on the survey, but I definitely struggled with my answer. I think life without social media would be very nice. I just don't know how our society would adjust to that after having become so accustomed to it. This one just says F social media. (laughs) It was created for beneficial reasons, but has ultimately spiraled. We look at social media for a sense of conformity, but the numerical aspects has ruined us all. We get too attached to the amount of followers and likes that we start to lose sense of ourselves to gain the respect of others. It makes me feel physically sick if I'm on it for too long and damages my self-esteem. It's really harmful for people's mental health, whether it's bullying or idealizing slash dreaming about other people's lives through their posts. I think it's good for a time like this during the pandemic when there isn't much other ways to communicate with each other, but at the same time, social media can be very toxic, especially in terms of diet culture. It has ruined society. It is very toxic, but good for communicating. My answer for the words that came to mind about our parents with much less technology made me wish I didn't grow up with it. But when asked if I would eliminate it or keep it, I chose keep because I can't imagine not having it. I also think it's a giant influence on today's teen culture, like TikTok. It's very toxic and addictive. I'm personally concerned about big tech stealing data. I think social media connects the world, and although there are a lot of negative aspects, there are also a lot of positive. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's bad. I think it needs to be seen as the same way BuzzFeed quizzes and Zodiac signs are seen. It's fun to participate in, but at the end of the day, it isn't real and shouldn't be taken seriously. It honestly keeps me informed, but it's so mentally draining. Most of the time, it's not real and can have negative effects on younger generations. There are arguments that it's toxic, that it induces anxiety, that it promotes inauthenticity, that it serves as platforms for misinformation, and more. 
These are all partly true, but honestly, it's a massive time waster. Consider how much time we could, in theory, reinvest into productive activities that we instead give to our addictions to social media. It makes me feel bad about myself. I think that the amount of mental illness in teenagers would greatly reduce if we were able to eliminate social media completely. We should make social media less important. It'd make everyone so much happier. It creates too much of an ideal life that it becomes overwhelming. I get that you want to share your life, but what's the actual point? I think for girls specifically, ages 14 to 18, it is so toxic. We'll see these beautiful girls and end up comparing ourselves, and it can be the source of many serious mental health issues, such as eating disorders, depression, and anxiety. Personally, I see how middle and high school students can benefit from not using social media, but in the grand scheme of things, a lot of people do use social media to boost their businesses, which I think is amazing. And some people even have social media as their main source of income. It is both amazing and horribly toxic. It's destroying society. It's so toxic and time-consuming and addictive. This one just says 6 out of 10. It's damaging, but I can't stop using it. It's toxic, but inevitable. I think it can be very beneficial in some ways, but also very harmful in other ways. Social media really increases the standards for how you should look and topics like that. I feel if we did not have social media, kids would be a lot more relaxed and carefree about those things, as well as less stressed to follow the trends and be like everyone else. It's a very toxic place at times, but a good place to express opinions on topics that really matter. It also connects everyone, which allows people to meet others. If you don't have to pay for it, you're the product. I just watched The Social Dilemma and turned off all my social media notifications. Learning about how our data is being exploited for profit scared and frustrated me. I want my phone to be more of a tool than a distraction, and turning off my notifications helps me take control over it instead of vice versa. Also, as far as my choice on eliminating versus keep for everyone, I believe eliminate is better. However, I believe something new would be invented in turn that could be worse, so it's hard to say. I think social media can be a really evil thing that makes a lot of people's lives worse. But I also think a lot of people are quick to skip over all the benefits internet access has provided to so many people. I feel like it has caused people's confidence to drop. Social media causes the comparison of your lows to other people's highs, which is hard to understand when scrolling through Instagram. Social media sucks and I'm addicted to it. It's stupid and dumb. It is such a time suck. I don't like social media, so I only have an Instagram. I don't even like Instagram, and I would delete it, but it supplements my news intake too much for me to quit. Not only would I miss out on what my friends are doing, which is the main concern for most people when asked to quit, but my secondary concern, I would also miss out on a lot of resources, mainly about activism and art, that I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And the last response just says, Icky. I honestly didn't think reading through those responses would be so powerful for me, but hearing the voices of so many others and hearing them express their concerns, which relate so deeply to mine, was really eye-opening, and it also made me feel better about my concerns and my fear of social media. And I know that sending out a form and getting 67 responses is not 
the most it's not an accurate representation of what teenagers think of social media by any means but I, I do still think that it brings in a lot of new perspectives to this episode regardless of whether or not I could have done better or whether or not this survey was completely accurate now that I've brought a bunch of outside opinions into this episode it's time to get into the thick of it with my friend Kate Frankie We're going to discuss a few things surrounding social media. So I think Kate and I, we kind of enjoyed discussing this just in our free time. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Which is kind of funny because who just discusses social media use in their free time? (laughs) We are adults. We are disturbed adults. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we like this? But we're conditioned to be really good at discussing social media because we get really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to start by discussing our social media use because we want to talk about what social media apps we use and then also our habits. So I got my first social media app, I think eighth grade, and that was Instagram. And I remember like, uh, I think my username was something like Kate the Great, one, two, three, or something like that. Um, (laughs) uh, And now I have Snapchat, Visco, Instagram, YouTube. But the problem is they're not always downloaded on my phone. It's a lot of like having them one day and deleting them the next. So Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that more. I also, I started pretty early with social media in, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade when I had my first Instagram account. But I didn't use it in the way that I feel fifth and sixth graders use it today because mm-hmm. it wasn't the same. It wasn't. Oh my gosh, wait. I, I didn't start in eighth grade. It was fifth grade. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I also had this hobby of like making Instagram accounts to, to line up with my hobbies. So I had a nail art Instagram account <laughs> that I was super excited about. But I don't know. I, I started really early, but it's not like it was an unhealthy Mm-hmm. thing i didn't think about likes or comments or mm-hmm. and i posted pictures of like giant water balloons popping in slow motion like <laughs> things like that the classic um but now i'm similar to kate i have visco facebook instagram snapchat twitter recently twitter am i forgetting any did i say youtube no youtube youtube YouTube's and prime. i think i think i have a reddit account too i have a pinterest i have a pinterest as well but anyway i think we should now talk about our habits because in preparation for this episode i've been thinking about my social media habits a lot and observing what's really bad and which Mm -hmm. shows that i'm addicted to my phone if you have any that you want to start with yeah i I think for me i tend to use social media as like a break and that's kind Mm -hmm. of disturbing actually because especially now with online school i spend you know seven hours a day on the laptop doing schoolwork and then i do homework and then when i want to break i go on my phone like i'm spending more time online than i am offline at this point oh yeah um but it's not anything productive and a lot of the time social media it's just like looking at what you know people that I haven't seen in six months have done and I never ever feel much fulfillment from it so I always end up like having to delete it so that I become more productive and do more homework or something like that but uh, here's the thing with me I do the same thing as you where I I use social media as a break or Mm -hmm. I use my phone as a break so YouTube I guess counts as social media so after Mm -hmm. like a long day of homework I will sink into the couch pull out my phone and pull out YouTube and I, it feels so good. So and that's good. why it's so bad. It feels, the feeling, if you have similar habits to us, you know the feeling of <laughs> sinking into the couch and just being like, 
my brain cannot think about anything right now <laughs> except for this random YouTube video. And that's what I think is kind of scary. Yeah. And the, and the fact that it starts all over again the next day. Like, yeah. YouTube is such an easy go-to for relaxing. And then I used to be a really big book reader, for example. I would read books and that would be my way to relax. And even now, like, that's so much brain power to just sit down and read a book for me. And it's still, I still read, but I don't see it in the same way as like, ugh reading the book to relax which i find kind of upsetting for me it's there's always like the choice i Mm -hmm. think okay i can sit on the couch and watch youtube right now my phone's right there Mm -hmm. or i can go upstairs get my kindle turn it on come back down to the couch and read my book Mm -hmm. and what are you gonna choose you're you usually choose your phone and i'm always so proud of myself when i'm able to choose the book (laughs) but i feel like i really am And another thing that I noticed, which happened, it was actually last night. So I was doing this art project and I was actually pretty proud of myself because usually when I'm doing an art project, I need to be like listening to music, listening to a podcast, watching something because it's boring otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I had just, for that time, I, I, I just sat for like four hours in silence (laughs) doing my art project, which I was happy about because I feel like oftentimes I need more than one stimulation. Oh, that's so bizarre. I have never thought of like, I, I, I listen to music when I'm, when I do something else. Like I feel. Exactly. Cause you uh, feel like there's an absence, but then when I came inside, I was getting, I was like getting ready for today and I was packing my lunch and laying out my clothes and stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to go like get my Bluetooth headphones connected to my phone so that I can listen to something or watch something while I do this because I'm not going to do it in silence. And then my headphones were dead and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself because I want to turn something on. I want to listen to something. It's useless if I don't. Like I need to – and it, and I, I stopped myself and I was like, you can just do your tasks without mm-hmm. doing something else at the same time. Mm-hmm. You just did it. Yeah, it's like it's a constant, so weird. It's a, we always – it's always like I'm searching for a constant source of media of some sort. Or just something to take your attention. Exactly. And I don't know. I feel like my attention is pretty valuable. Like what I put my time to, what I put my attention on is – it's literally my life. <laughs> and so yeah. and so, not being really able to control how much you, your attention goes to like social media. I don't know. It's something that I've been thinking about recently. Social media being a part of your life, a big part of your life that consumes so much time, considering how little benefit it gives you mm-hmm. is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, so it take all of your other hobbies mm-hmm. and group them into little groups, like whatever, whatever your hobbies, maybe it's art, maybe it's video editing which I guess is art, but whatever, you get the idea. (laughs) You can look at something in that group and say, I am proud of that. Yeah. But with social media or just like videos and stuff like that, you can't look at it and say, I am proud of that. Exactly. You don't Uh, accomplish anything. um, Unless you're like the very few people that make a living off of Instagram. Yeah. Because I guess that is work. But I mean, unless you're that very, very, very small percentage, I feel like it's just kind of a time suck. But that's a problem in itself, the people who make a living off of social media, mm-hmm. especially, especially the people who are our age, mm-hmm. post pictures of their body or their interesting lives mm-hmm. for a living. Mm-hmm. That, I think that that's one of the reasons why social media is so destructive for teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's difficult too because even when I post on Instagram, I can't help but feel narcissistic. Like, I can't help but look at my feed and be, like, look at my own Instagram page and be like, I'm on this so many times and that's not what I, I, 
you know, when I'm in my life, there's the small things that I appreciate and it's not how I'm looking that day because I can't even see that. Yeah. Right? Well, that's so weird that when you post a picture from a day that you really enjoyed, that picture isn't what you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And so it's also like, I don't know, there's this very few percentage of influencers on Instagram that they are posting pictures and they're absolutely gorgeous and they seem like they have the lifestyle that everybody wants, but that's not what their days look like. But the problem with me is that I have been told that so many times. I know, oh, they angle their bodies perfectly mm-hmm. to get their thigh gap and their abs looking right. They they do this and that and that and you can't fall for the trap. But it doesn't matter if people tell me that. I will mm-hmm. look at those. I have found myself going to, so sometimes I delete like Instagram off of my phone because I go on it too much. I'll find myself going to Instagram on my computer and then looking up these random influencers like Emma Chamberlain, Madison Beer, and I just look at their Instagram feeds and I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And that's so bad. Yeah. And it's such a false portrayal of their lives, too. But it's a brand, and it's a brand that people want to have. Yeah. And and no matter how much people tell me or they say, my life isn't like my Instagram feed, you you still can't see it. Mm-hmm. And granted, you still can't. like, Eden and I don't use our phones that much in comparison to other people. Like, we were looking earlier, and our, our weekly average is, like, two hours a, two hours a day. Yeah. My, well, okay, I got – when we were looking at our screen time in, in prep for this so that we could talk about it because we didn't want to not talk about ourselves and our destructive habits mm-hmm. and then, like, tear apart other people. But this week in specific, it's, like, especially low. It's mm-hmm. not – usually – I usually average three to four hours a day. Mm-hmm. But this week, I'm at, like, two hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's because I had – last week and the week before, I had Instagram on my phone. And so you deleted. And so I deleted it. Yeah. And and, oh my gosh, it takes up my screen time so much. Yeah, it really does. And even two hours, two hours a day, that's 10 hours in a school week. Like, that's a whole lot of time. The fact that that's a whole lot of time and the average for teenagers is seven hours. Seven hours. But I also have to say, I use my computer for a lot of things that Mm -hmm. aren't school related. Mm -hmm. I go to YouTube on my computer. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go to like Pinterest on my computer. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'll go boards. to I'll I'll look at Twitter on my computer. I I use it for entertainment. But also, I will say, when I'm using my computer versus my phone, there are a lot of other platforms on my computer that are just as entertaining for me that I do get fulfillment out of. Mm-hmm. Like the other day I made this little animation video using photoshop Mm -hmm. because i wanted to and it was for absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. i think computer for you is very much a creative out i don't know at least i'm i'm not a super artistic person so i'm not looking for creative outlets on my phone or on my laptop but i know when you're on your computer it's typically because you have a project it's the when i'm on my computer there's the option to have a project mm-hmm. so when we were talking to we wanted to do we actually it never ended up happening maybe it still will in the future we wanted to do a week without our phones mm-hmm. and i thought that it would be fun to go and get flip phones get like burner phones maybe we'll do part two of this episode and do that still but if we got burner phones we'd want to do it for like more than a week maybe two or three weeks i think yeah we could plan it out and figure out how we were going to do it but mm-hmm. my friends were saying if I don't have my phone, I'm just going to use my computer the same way I would use my phone. But I swear it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, yes, you can text. Yes, you can go to social media. Mm-hmm. But you don't lie on your computer in bed every night mm-hmm. before you fall asleep scrolling. You don't do that. 
Yeah, and I was thinking it's genuinely odd for somebody not to have their phone on them. Like, I'm sitting here with my phone in my back pocket. That's a little bit disturbing to me, the fact that I have, I, I can't even go to a different room without my phone being on me so that I can be aware of what's happening at all times, you know? I mean, there are times when I'll be going to the store with my mom mm-hmm. or I don't know. And I go and I'm like, oh, I need to grab my phone. And then I stop and I'm like, I don't need my phone. Why would I need my phone? I will not be using it while I'm gone. And then I'll leave without it. And there are times when I'm out, when I'm aware of it, I'll be going to the store and I'll like check my pocket for my phone and I'll be like, oh, right. I left it at Mm -hmm. home. It's so weird. It's so weird. And the fact that maybe 20 years ago, this wasn't this wasn't a phenomenon. I was also talking to my my mom. She does data privacy and data privacy regulation did not come into effect until 2018. Ooh, like what? because it wasn't I a did thing. not know that I know because people didn't really have digital data to protect as much as the, we have now wait we need to talk about data privacy and how they harvest your data from social media yeah and, how it, and we can talk about politics mm-hmm. holy heck so mm-hmm. we should talk about this we should credit the social network before we yeah so the, the social dilemma and or the, the social, social dilemma Oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's two. The I haven't watched The Social Network yet, though. So in AP Lit, I wrote this paper. So at the beginning, we had this diagnostics assignment where we had to write a paper about an issue that we care about or just something that's on our mind. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about social media before The Social Dilemma came out. Mm-hmm. But I do think that social media was still kind of like circulating the news a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And we had also talked about it a lot. Yeah. And then a week later, not even a week, the social dilemma was released <laughs> and I, and then thus sprung a passion for talking about social media <laughs> but i, I mean we've, we've always kind of discussed it yeah i mean we see it we see it in our friends we see it in mm-hmm. you know everywhere the thing that i find so interesting now is that people i mean social media your your own social media platforms they're all targeted towards you they know what you like they know what ads you'll click on uh, they probably know how you're going to vote in the next election. Like, it's all of that kind of thing. This is, we should we should talk about what the social dilemma is about because it, it holds all of that. Mm-hmm. So when I watched the social dilemma, I thought it was going to talk mostly about mental health and teenagers because I feel like that's often what those movies talk mm-hmm. about. But it did not. Mm-mm. It talked, it interviewed all of these past executives or early employees for these giant tech firms like Google and Instagram like the, the the two people that made the like button were interviewed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was basically all these people who stopped working for these companies because they realized that they were making a super destructive product. Mm-hmm. And they talk about issues that stem from social media that you couldn't even imagine would come out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these tech geniuses don't let their kids have social media. It's that extreme. Like they are protecting their kids. They're basically the most important people in their lives from social media because they know how destructive it can be. Um, They know not only that it destroys your mental health, mm -hmm. but that it changes the way you view politics, Mm -hmm. social issues, Mm -hmm. yourself, other people. Politically, you see the polarization in the United States. It's a lot due to the media. It's a lot due to, you know, on, on Instagram, I'm seeing... The people, the people that I follow, the people that I surround myself with are mostly people that have the same political views as I do. But I think that it's just kind of everybody in the world. So there's a lot of self-confirmation bias where like I think, oh, everybody else thinks the same way that I do. And another thing is we rely so heavily on social media as a news platform now. Oh, yeah. But there's no fact checking that goes on. 
Like, I think there's one thing to be able to share an opinion and to share your thoughts and ideas on a, on a subject, but it's another to spread false news and to spread false information. And I've always had this preconceived idea that I've only recently really tried to shy away from that misinformation and the spread of false news comes from the conservative side, comes from the side that I don't agree with, that Mm -hmm. I don't identify with. Fake news doesn't only come from the right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I always assume that it doesn't because so there are all Mm -hmm. of these posts circulating on Instagram and it's almost, it is basically entirely liberal Mm -hmm. or democratic. I can't, I don't know. I can't. There's, for our Instagram. I can't say yeah. that it's any of both because there's. I would see like two conservative posts every mm-hmm. three months. But anyway, sometimes I'll see one and it will be crazy and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's true. And I'll click on the post, mm-hmm. read the comments, look at what the content it says, look it up online and be like, this is just fabricated or false. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier because it's so much easier to pinpoint something that you don't agree with. Yeah. Like if there's if there's a fact on Instagram that supports my views in some way, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Like this is what I thought originally. Like it supports my ideas. You know, of course it's right. Yeah, you don't. You're less inclined to question it if it supports mm-hmm. your beliefs. And I just I wonder how much of the little snippets of information that I've stored are false. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely not the majority of them, but I bet it's a lot more than I even know. Mm-hmm. And social media takes away a lot of nuance as well. Like, oh, yeah, I think a lot of kind of more central political views kind of just get swept over by the extremes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now I can now I associate like conservatives with a very extreme point of view when that's not yes. necessarily true. Kind of on that. Uh, in my last episode, I talked about how my parents are very liberal. And my mom, after the episode, after she listened to it, she was like, I mean, I don't really, I don't mind that you mentioned that because, I mean, we are supporting Biden. It's not a bad thing to be liberal, but they are not super liberal. They would say that they are more central leaning than they are liberal. They're Democrats, but they are, they would say that they lean more towards the center. But because of the political polarization, if you say you support Biden, mm-hmm. you it, it's like you're scooped into one side or you're lobbed into the other. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I would not even stop to think oh my parents might be a little bit more fiscally conservative they're conservative ideas like saving money Mm -hmm. and investing Mm -hmm. that are conservative that i didn't even realize because right now it seems like there are these key issues coronavirus social distancing black lives matter Mm -hmm. and then maybe like climate change and abortion and it's an abortion and if you support those you're on the left if you don't support them you're on the right Mm -hmm. what that is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like all of these other issues just don't exist. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. And then it's hard because you, you're you on social media and you're seeing all of these posts and then there's this whole idea of performative activism. Oh my and, gosh. And I, this is part of the reason why I have deleted my Instagram platform for, for like a lot of time is because I want to be able to contribute to causes that I support. But I also feel like me posting on Instagram to people that already know my beliefs isn't really going to help. Um, and it's no, you know, it's no jab to the people that are posting. The resources a lot of the time are helpful. And, the, uh, you know, as long as they're fact-checking their sources, maybe it's good information to spread. I also think that because of how liberal-leaning my Instagram feed is, the conservative opinions or people who question the things that people post, not when it comes to like Black Lives Matter, I'm more speaking like 
people who post things about Trump. Mm-hmm. I feel like those opinions are very shut out. Mm-hmm. If, oh, I don't ever see Trump posts ever. And I, the few times I have, I just would love to know how destroyed they got by people who don't support them. I mm-hmm. just have a theory that they get destroyed. And no, I don't support their opinions at all, but I don't think that that means that they shouldn't be allowed to have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll admit, I have a really hard time accepting somebody's opinions if they support Trump or whatever, just because... You know, I'm so accustomed to the fact that if you support Trump, these are your ideas. That's something I want to work on because I think in the long run, having discussions and figuring out what ideas, what, which of Trump ideas do you actually support? Which do you not? Like, you know, a lot of the time it's very heavily based on economics. But here's another thing. If you have someone who supports Trump and someone who supports Biden, that's not their only personality trait. Yeah. That is such a small part of who they are. You don't even need to talk about politics with them. If they support Trump, maybe you guys really like the same TV shows and the same <laughs> movies. And you could talk for hours and hours about the same TV shows and just not talk about politics together if you know that you are both adamant and passionate about your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Why does Why is that what people focus on? Why does that have to be such a dividing factor? And I think social media only divides us more. I, you know, when I see somebody's feed, if they have some political thing on their story, that's all I, that's all I know about them. I don't know anything yes. about their life. I don't know anything about why they might think the way they do. And so I don't know. I feel like social media can very much be a, a divider in that sense. So much so. Sometimes I'll even meet someone who's super nice. Mm-hmm. And then I'll later learn that they're conservative. And I'm not gonna shy away from that person or treat them any different but there's an inkling in my mind that's like oh (laughs) and that is what that is what i want to shy away from yeah i forget what it was even like to live in a time that wasn't like this Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if there will be some sort of revolution or awakening i think there would be i think there would be like a romanticism tech period where people i think our generation especially the people that have been on like like our friend group for example i could see us all avoiding raising our kids on super techie devices and and like don't get me wrong social media can connect people from across the globe like there's a lot that's good about it but there's a lot that's very dangerous about it i listened to this i wish i could remember what interview it was i'll probably put a bunch of resources in the show notes of this episode that i used so it will probably be linked down there But it was this guy saying, if you are out with a group of people and trying to communicate or see what other people are doing while you're with them, you know you have a problem. Oof. Yeah. If you are scrolling on Instagram, looking at other people hanging out while you're hanging out with someone, you have Mm -hmm. a problem. And if that makes you feel bad about what what you're doing at that very moment, when you're around people that you usually enjoy spending time with. Then you know it's a problem too. And even he he said that when he goes to dinner with his friends, they bring one phone. <laughs> one phone and everybody else leaves them. If you, if you told so many of the people that I know if that you were going to do that, they would come up with so many excuses why that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. My mom will want to text me. What if someone posts this? I might hear from this group chat. Mm-hmm. But there's not that valid of an excuse. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of crazy. It is really, it is really crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Wow, there is just so much to unpack here. I feel like there's just so much. There's We could talk about this for hours and hours. Yeah, we could. But Kate, this has been super insightful and super interesting. I knew it would be. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for, for having me. me on. Yeah, I love, I love our deep tech talks. Yes. Well, that was me deep tech talking with my friend Kate Frankie. And that also concludes part one of my social media series. Here's a little teaser for what will be on next week where I'll be talking about how social media affects democracy and more of the politics side of the issue with my friend, Lila Shroff. How does social media affect democracy? Um, Really big question a lot of people are grappling with. Radical political beliefs that might not otherwise be tolerated in like the moderate version of the political world that happens in, in like physical spaces tend to proliferate on these digital spaces. There's two different realities. There's our digital reality and our physical reality. The crux of a lot of interesting thinking. I hope you join me next Saturday at 10 a.m. for part two of this series all about social media. But for now, this has been Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge with my show, Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm.